Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I'm your host, Joshua Tracy. And I'm Corwin Heller. And Corwin, uh, why don't you tell us what we're talking about today? We're talking about the NFL. That's it, just the NFL. Nothing fancy. Um, no, actually, we, uh, we, we're talking... Jesus. We were talking about this during the preseason, about how the idea of how teams do in the preseason, how would that relate to how they do in the regular season? Like, is there any connection between the two? And if there is, what is it? So I figured we'd, you know, put something together and try and talk about it as best we could and guesstimate whether that has anything to do with anything. Uh, So what I did for this was I put together a big old spreadsheet and I took the win-loss records for every team for every preseason and regular season going back from 2018 to 2009, so a 10-year little window there, and see how did teams improve on average every single year going from the preseason to the regular season. Um, It's not perfect, I mean, for so many reasons. Yeah, but like this especially, like... You're not starting your starters. You're playing all of your second, third, fourth strings for the majority of these games. You're not necessarily going out with the intention of winning every game. It's more of seeing the players you have on the field. You're not using your full playbook. Coaching decisions might be more team-specific than, you know, literally trying to go for whatever leads them to the best possible outcome to win the game it's just there's a lot of little things it's you know a quarter the size of a sample size for preseason versus regular season um there's just so much going on so where do you want to start with this (laughs) j-dog j-dog that's a new one (laughs) uh i i don't know man this is so this is a nice big old spreadsheet here. So why don't you kind of guide me through what I'm looking at? Uh, so basically uh, at the top, for those of you who listen, who check out our website and check out the spreadsheets that we always add at the top, we got um, years, basically each year is sp- split up into three sections, uh, preseason record, regular season record, and then percent change. So basically what percentage did their regular season record increase or decrease depending on um, how they did in the preseason. And it's not great, but it works. There's a couple little uh, fun points that I guess we could talk about that I tried to highlight in red. Um, So like, just for instance, in 2017, the Cleveland Browns of, you know, Everybody loves the Cleveland Browns. Went undefeated 4-0 in the preseason and then proceeded to lose every single game in the regular season. So they have a negative 100% change in win record, which is so incredibly hard to do. Like, I want you to understand that's impossible. And for good reason. The year before that, they didn't win a single preseason game and then went on to win a single regular season game for a 6% increase. I don't know what we could do with that information, but it's, you know, it's there for us. Because why the fuck not? And then, of course, there's the Ravens and the AFC North who have gone on to win 
fucking every preseason game in four of the last five seasons, which mm. is fucking whack. Um, like as I went through this, their winning percentage was like in all legitimacy in the past ten years, their average record, their win percentage is seventy seven point five percent, which is basically going better than twelve and four if you spread that out to a full length season. Um the Ravens obviously haven't been that good in the regular season because you know, they're the Ravens, dirty birds. Um, but yeah, yeah, they, I, mean, I can't over remember this, too many anybody... spectacular Ravens seasons in uh, recent memory. <laughs> yeah, and I don't expect them to do great this year either. Um, uh, looking over this, do you see anything uh, pops out to you? I know it's a lot of just really small numbers that are what they not are. Not yet. Uh, I, I've, I've been combing through, through it a little bit as you've been talking, and there's, been, there's a whole lot here to look at, so I'm almost conflicted on where to start. Um, so nothing popping out to me quite yet. Why don't you, why don't you lead me into the next thing here? Um, there's really not a whole lot to this. Um, basically, all that adds up, and then at the end, we have the average preseason record for every team, which I'll go through, and then we have the average regular season record for every team which unfortunately is um you know not great for some of our teams that we root for but um yeah i guess i'll just go through the preseason now um i guess i'll go largest or best to worst so with a 77.5 preseason winning record the baltimore ravens take our top spot uh, by a fucking wide-ass margin of 12% over the second-place team. With a 65.5% winning record, the Vikings. And then just going down the list, I'm not going to read out percentages for every team, but we have the Ravens, the Vikings, the Lions, the Seahawks, the Texans, Eagles, Packers, the San Francisco 49ers, the New England Patriots, the Broncos, Redskins, Steelers, Bengals, Giants, Rams, Bears, Saints, Titans, Browns, Panthers, Jets, Cardinals, Jaguars, Chargers, Dolphins, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Colts, Chiefs, Raiders, Bills, and Falcons. Um, two teams had a 500 record, the Giants and the Rams, and considering how long Jeff Fisher was coaching the Rams, that is just so unbelievably fitting that they would finish at 500 naturally <clears throat> Sean McVay kind of pulling them up out of that seven and nine range that they are famous for. Uh, the Falcons far and away the worst with a 30% winning percentage with just chugs dong. Uh, any teams jump out of you here? I know it's the preseason and things get weird, but anything crazy. I'm gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna lie to you here, Corwin. I have no idea where you even are on the spreadsheet. Which which, which column are you in? A L through A N under results. Oh, okay, okay. I see. All right. Now I'm with you. Bitch. Um. I I, I guess. It, it's it's tough to say because like it as I'm sure we're gonna get farther into. Uh, the results of preseason are just so generally meaningless. Yep. Um, for every reason that you said, it's like you know, 
the fact that the Lions being on the top of a list of good performances is kind of surprising, but it's also for a set of games that is just so irrelevant. Um, I think people put a lot of stock into preseason. I think some people put stock into preseason just because the sample size for the NFL regular season is so small that people feel like you need it, right, to glean some kind of information out of what you're seeing. But, I mean, like you said, teams might be going out there like, uh, all right, we're going to have the quarterback just force the ball to this one wide receiver, regardless of coverage, just to see if this wide receiver can do anything with it. or. We'll have this uh, running back try to handle uh, this many carries or with this blocking scheme, even though no one's done it before, just to see if this can be something incorporated. So it's just tough to say anything's really going to come out of this. Yeah. Because uh, these top five teams are so sporadic with where their um, historical performance is given this. And these bottom five teams, um, maybe a little bit more telling since these bottom bottom six teams all kind of suck with the exception of uh, the present-day Chiefs and the Colts of last year. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and uh, the Falcons have been up and down. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure I have anything. Yeah, I kind of was hoping I'd be able to get more from this. Um, all of these numbers are just kind of there and do really nothing. Like, it's there's not much correlation between any of this like there's no real crazy jumping point out of just these basic preseason numbers i guess i was just a little over ambitious and overthought how much i could do with this um but i mean we'll talk more about the preseason later um let's go through the top winning percentage for regular season which i think you're going to be uh, much less happy with Ooh, yay. Uh, at I like the top that. with a 769 winning percentage, the New England Patriots. Uh, yeah, I don't know why we expected anything from that. Um, and then we have the Steelers, Packers, Saints, Seahawks, Ravens, Falcons, Broncos, Eagles, Cowboys, Colts, Chiefs, Bengals, Chargers, Vikings, Panthers, Texans, Cardinals, 49ers, Bears, Giants, Dolphins, Lions, the Jets, and then we have the Titans, Bills, Rams, Redskins, Raiders, Buccaneers, Jaguars, and I'll give you one wild fucking guess who closes this out. Uh, The Cardinals. The Cardinals? Yeah. No, it's the Browns. They fucking suck. Oh, well, fucking duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, again, this is even less surprising than the preseason one. Patriots, Steelers, Packers, Saints. Who knew? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of forgot how bad the Redskins were. But even then, they are a decent, not even, they're like, one and a half percent better than the uh, Raiders, which is not great. The Rams, even after two very good seasons, are uh, sixth last on this list. I'm sorry, yeah, sixth last have a winning percentage of four ten. Really, just Jeff Fisher, man, really set you guys back. As much as I love the guy as a, a person, as a coach, he is not great. Yeah, as a dude, he seems super amicable. Like you could see how he held that job for so fucking long. 
Um, I see, like, I know this is looking in the past. Um, in the, f- like, the future outlook of these teams, looking in the next, it's hard to say 10 years because that's such a long time in the NFL, but maybe the next four years or so, I think the Seahawks are going to take a big step out of that top five. Um, I think the Packers are going to be right there with them falling out. The Broncos at number nine, I believe it is, number eight, are going to drop. Eagles should be bumping up. Chiefs should definitely jump up from number 12. The Bengals at 13 are a big surprise, honestly, even though they are so average. Um, They're going to drop, though. Yeah, it's it's. I really wish there was more... Uh, what what's the word parody in this like you'd like to see more teams you know teams that are building up and ramping up into contention now you'd like to see you know teams on the bottom of this list be in that area where they were able to build from you know a bad record and be better teams but outside of the rams the bottom 10 15 teams or so Really, the only teams that have a bright future are the Bears, 49ers, Jets, and Rams. Like, no one else on this list really screams Super Bowl. Well, obviously the Browns as well. Um, Really had to go down that list to find them. Um, It's just, there's, it's all the same old usual suspects, you know? Yeah, I feel like it's such an easy sport to get kind of like stuck in a rut with, you know? Yeah. It honestly, you saw it with the Browns, you saw it with the Rams. It's not impossible to come out from that, but you really just have to have the right ownership, front office, and coaches to do it. And obviously, most importantly, a quarterback. True. It's just tough because there's so, so many rebuilding, I think, in football. And in some ways, it seems like one of the most challenging sports to do it in. And mm-hmm. in some instances, based on, I guess, just recent years, it seems like maybe it's not as hard as we thought because uh, there's so many positions. And like, yes, some are higher impact than others, um, especially some and some positions are vastly more important than others. But with just so many roster spots needing to be filled by capable players, um, it seems like rebuilding could just be such a chore with. Know, 53 dudes of which you hope at least uh i'll say 25 of them are capable and maybe like 10 of them are good and maybe five of those are really good you know like it gets tough yeah i mean who do you think the next looking at the bottom 10 or so teams not teams that are going to be looking to contend but who do you think is the next team that's going to take a big jump up so like I wouldn't say teams like the Rams, the Browns, the Jets, like they're all there very close to, you know, competing and contending. Who do you think is going to be the next team we add to that list? Um I'm genuinely not sure. So many of the of these teams have have been at different points where you could see them making a turn and just haven't or you could have seen them getting worse than they haven't. Um, are the Jaguars ever going to be good again? <laughs> like they Maybe. were two years ago, three years ago? It depends on how big Nick Foles' dick is. It really does. Big dick Nick. 
Yeah, seriously, though, like <laughs> they made it to the AFC Championship game in just a gorgeous year, and then nothing really after that. You know, I know it's a, I know it's been a short period of time since then, but you know, still, it's it's hard to imagine that kind of drop off. Even though it was kind of a shock they got there in the first place with uh, what's his face as their quarterback Bortles, the boat. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know. I don't think I'm I'm gonna make any predictions here because I uh, I don't know. Um, just looking at these teams, so like choosing from the Jaguars, Buccaneers, Raiders, Redskins, Bills, Titans. Maybe the Lions. Honestly, I I gotta go with the Jags too. Like they have a very competent defense. They have a pretty good offensive line. They've got some. They got some key players in key positions. It's really just is that offense ever gonna click? They don't really have any great wide receivers. D.D. Westbrook is really all they have going on at pass catcher. Leonard Fournette is what he is. Nick Foles is a dude, maybe. I mean, we're so far into his career, and we still don't really know what Nick Foles is capable of doing. Well, we know what he's capable of doing. We just don't know if he's ever going to be able to be consistently good. Um, yeah, can, can but, he elevate a team? Yeah, it's going to be the question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of faith in the cons, their owners. Um, Jacksonville definitely is the city, and uh, the Duval County, I believe it is, uh, is very much behind them. So hopefully they're the next ones to take a step up. Yeah, you could argue that, um, or I could, I could think, I could make a cogent argument that the Raiders could even be a team that joins the uh, or makes a big leap, depending on what the fuck their plan is, <laughs> because. You got to at least admit, they seem to know what they're doing. We don't know what the fuck they're doing, but they seem to be doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, in some world, if this uh, if this, if this strategy of, of whatever it is they're doing pay, pays off, I'd have to assume it's going to pay dividends. Right. I don't know what they're doing, but they seem to be doing it right based on themselves. So maybe they'll <laughs> maybe they'll end up just like, being good all of a sudden with a mishmash of lunatics. All right. So we have one more column that we could look at on this list. Uh, actually, two more, but this is the last column. Uh, if you see it, it's a percent change two. Yep. I got it. Cool. So basically, what this is, is what is the percentage increase or decrease in your regular season win percentage based off of um, what you did in the preseason over this 10-year span from 2009 to 2018? So the largest by an absolutely astronomical margin is the Atlanta Falcons with a 90% increase from regular or from preseason to regular season. Again, I just want to reiterate, I don't know how you can take anything from this other than don't take any stock in their preseason record because it's whatever. But still, a 90% increase is massive. Do you you think... Oh, let's go through some more of these teams. 
Yeah. Or I say anything. Give me, give me a few more of them. Uh, so next up at 59%, so a 31% um, drop from where the Falcons were at the top spot is the Colts. Uh, 57%, we have the Chiefs. Uh, Patriots are at 40%. Cowboys at 39 on down the list, so on and so forth. You want me to read through them? Uh, no. That's okay. I, I have I have a theory. I want to float by you for you to tell me eventually. But I love theories. All right. It appears as though, in general, the teams up here at the top of this are good. Mm-hmm. Generally. Yes. The Bills are uh, there as well, but, you know, fucking whatever. Yeah, the Colts have been kind of up or down as well, but, like, generally... We're looking at decent enough teams. Like the, you know, you go down to the bottom of this list, it's generally pretty bad teams, generally speaking. Right. Like the top ten for this outside of the Bills are all playoff contenders every year. Or yeah. more often than not. Right. Do you do you th- think it could be a matter of these are the teams that try the most weird shit during the preseason? Like these are the teams that are working things out best, like like almost like a player development thing, you know. I like, yeah, very... they're not doing well in the preseason, but that's and they're doing great in the regular season, but that's because they're they're doing something unconventional that might not be working, but is giving them more information in some aspect. It's leading to better post uh, regular season results. Yeah, I mean, I. As far as the player development part of the theory, I agree with that 100%. I mean, these are all really good teams with a lot of consistency. I mean, look at this. So the Falcons, Colts, Chiefs, Patriots, Cowboys, Bills, Saints, Chargers, Steelers. That's our top 10. Matt Ryan, Andrew Luck, and Peyton Manning. Um, Pat Mahomes, Alex Smith, you know, whoever you want to say is was the quarterbacks for the Chiefs. Tom Brady for the Patriots, Tony Romo and Dak. The Bills were going to gloss over Drew Brees for the uh, Saints, Philip Rivers for the Chargers, Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers. Those are all extremely consistent and steady hands at quarterback for all of these teams over the past 10 years. There was some change in there, and you know, you'll have other guys like Colin Kaepernick or whoever the fuck the Colts had a quarterback between Luck and manning but they don't need to be out there testing their you know rookie quarterback trying out new things teams with steady quarterbacks have steady offenses and you you can you know risk throwing your backups out there for most of these games not necessarily going out there putting the best team out there trying to win it makes a lot of sense why they would just say fuck it to you know preseason record and testing out the backups, and then once it gets into the regular season, you have these steady hands there for you. Uh, do you have any big-time takeaways from this? Um, other than the little epiphany that we just had there, not really. Um, I mean, if you want to look at uh, consistent teams, the Broncos and the Jets are both within 3% difference between their regular season and preseason records so if you want to try and find a team that you can look at their preseason and see how it's going to match up 
those might be your guys. You know, the Bears, Bank, or, uh, the Bears, Packers, and Bengals are also kind of in there within that five percent range. If you want to look at it, um, it's really up to you. Uh, I guess we could go over the bottom of this list too. So teams that really overperform and then drop off in the regular season. Uh, bottom of the list, we got the Browns, obviously. Then we have the Lions, the Redskins, the Ravens, the Jaguars, and the 49ers. Um, so those are the bottom six, I guess. And yeah, I mean, some of these teams have a lot of turnover. Uh, the Ravens are there. They're going to have a big decrease just because they're so weirdly good at the preseason. Um, I mean, the Browns have never had a consistent offense or consistent anything. Same with the Redskins. Uh, the Jaguars have... They're just a weird team in general. 49ers have been going through a lot of turnover um, in recent years. And then the Lions. I mean, Matthew Stafford is their steady hand at quarterback, but everything else around him is a shit show. So it is kind of... Uh, you could really go off of reputation here with almost uh, all of these teams where it's like, all right, if they're a steady team... Chances are they're going to, you know, do a lot better in the regular season than preseason. If you guys are, you know, the dumbass kids of the school that we call the NFL, then you're probably going to start sucking once uh, September rolls around. Gets to sucking. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else uh, you see that jumps out to you that you might want to add on to this? Uh, nothing much really, man. Nothing, nothing, right. nothing much. What do you personally look for when you watch a preseason game? What was that? You what cut do, up. What do you personally look for when you watch a preseason NFL game? I am there to watch rookie players, and that's pretty much it. Maybe quarterbacks if there's a quarterback battle going on, but I usually just watch the rookies because you can you know, predict all you want about what these guys are going to be able to do in the NFL, but... Until you see them on an NFL field surrounded by NFL talent that doesn't say Alabama on it, then you don't know what they're going to be able to do. Um, so it's just nice being able to watch them, see what they can really do. You know, a lot of these guys, especially guys who are from small schools or, you know, Pac-12 where you're not staying up till one in the morning to watch their games. You don't really see a lot of them unless you watch a lot of their film. And it's just cool to see a lot of these players. Um, what do you watch for? Uh, it depends on if I know anything about the guys. Um, I honestly, cause I'm such, uh, or so lesser in my, in my NFL knowledge than you, I tend to try to first off, just see if I can understand the play on an advanced level beyond just what it is. But then I'll look for like, you know, if, uh, we have a notable rookie, a first round guy, you know, someone I'm I I'm particularly rooting for. I'll look for that. Like, uh, you know, Sam Darnold was an obvious one. We went to the uh, the Jets game together earlier this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of reveling in it. You know, nothing crazy. Fair enough. Um, so there's one more thing that we could actually do here. So last week we did the uh, predicted records for all of these teams and then what we did was sorry what i did was i put all those uh winning percentages into this little spreadsheet 
um, and then tried to predict what their regular season win percentage was going to be. Okay. Um, and man, it didn't work like at all. <laughs> Just like totally honest, it's real bad, uh, especially teams that didn't win at all. Um, fuck being able to do that at all. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too surprised with that. If that's what's that's one of the things that's so fucking tough with these NFL um, stats things is like how there's so little info and the info you did have doesn't seem to it, it's such a small sample size you can't get much out of it so you try to squeeze it from other places but then it doesn't correlate and it just becomes such a a weird weird mess is really all it is it's a weird mess yeah i mean just looking at these numbers there is just nothing to look at right now um the bills who went undefeated this regular season based off of these numbers are pre-season? predicted yeah sorry these preseason numbers is predicted to win um, 114% of their games uh along with the giants as well oh actually also the ravens who went undefeated again this season that's fucking weird dude They've gone undefeated, what, five of the last six years now? Adding on to what I said earlier? Clearly, this is an NFL conspiracy, and no one's just no one's trying. Um, Yeah, so there's there's really no good way to do this because it's so fucking random. The, like, numbers for the correlation between these two, it's just so low that, you know, everything evens out in the NFL. It's a net zero game, zero sum game. So there's, it's hard to be able to look at this and really predict what these teams can do. Um, if I remembered to do, if I thought about doing it, I probably could have done it off of the team's individual win percentage. Um, but man, maybe I'll be able to do that right now. So if you want to talk for like two minutes, I will 100% be able to do that and plug this stuff together. Well, if you're interested, Corwin, I uh, I have another another small topic here I thought would be fun to pivot off of, but it would involve us moving away from this topic entirely. Um, sh- actually, I was able to do that much easier than I thought it was, so I could finish this <laughs> up and uh, <laughs> we can do that in uh, yeah, man, go right just ahead. a sec. All right, so based off of this, the Bills are now not predicted to win 114% of their games. They're predicted to win 131% of their games. Excellent. Love so, yeah, game. go Bills, man. Josh Allen is going to win two MVPs this year on, at this rate. Uh, Patriots are the only other team predicted to win over 100% of their games with 105. Steelers, they're going to win 93. Giants, 92.6. The rest of these standings are going to end up looking like uh, the Raiders, Dolphins, Ravens, Cowboys, the Seahawks, Buccaneers, the Saints, Vikings, 49ers, and the Panthers in the top 14, followed by the Packers and Jets to round out the top half. So if you are uh, a betting man or woman, um, put your money on the bills this year. Just take out a mortgage on your house, put it all on them. Yeah, and it will work out perfectly Jeez. for you. 
Oh, exactly. Um, you know, we predicted them to go six and ten, and they're going to win roughly nine hundred games. <laughs> well, not nine hundred, just nineteen. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's uh let's dump this topic and uh move on to what you got. So I wanted to throw just a little bit of baseball stuff at you. Nothing, nothing too crazy. This is going to be pretty short, but I thought you might get a kick out of it. I love kicks. Um, as as we all do, uh, right in the ass, um, kicks you wear on your feet, all kinds of kicks. So I thought I would look at our favorite pitch, Corwin, which is the curveball, the slider. <laughs> no, my favorite pitch is the curveball. You. Ju- Jerk off every time we talk about sliders. Your favorite pitch is the slider. I've decided. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> so uh just a general general curiosity. Nothing again, nothing fancy. Um, who throws the worst slider? Ooh, um, the worst slider in baseball. Okay. Yes. And who uh hits the most sliders? Oh, all so right. So I thought we could just do this straight up by number of hits. Do I sliders. get some hints? Dude, I don't even know how to administer hints, hints at this point. Um, all right, so do you want it as... Right, I'm going to do it two ways. Okay. Um, pitcher who has allowed the most hits off of sliders, just point blank, and pitcher who has allowed the most hits off of sliders as a percent of their total pitches. Okay. All right, so there's going to be some usage differences here. Okay. Because one list you will know all the names. The other list you will know like none of the names. <laughs> Good. All right, lay them on me. All right. So who do you think has allowed the most hits on sliders this year in MLB? Um, fucking NL West team. NL West. Oh fuck. Um, fucking. Uh, Kyle Freeland, Clayton Kershaw. No kidding. Fifty-three what a fucking scrub. He's allowed fifty-three hits of some kind. It's a, I just put it in as a base hit, so single, double, triple, or home run, any kind. He's allowed fifty-three hits off of sliders this year. Wow, is like you know he bad now? No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> His slider is probably not great. Um, but then again, he's more of a. Curveball pitcher, so I, I You're guess goddamn I wouldn't be right too surprised. Um, no, honestly, his slider is probably amazing. This is just a use again. This is just because, like, he has uh, this is a minimum of 100 pitches, and he has 2,261. So like, this is volume, honestly. Yeah, all right, that makes sense. Which is what all, all these guys are like. These are all starting pitchers. Like number two most sli- uh, hits off of sliders is a tie between Yusei Kikuchi and Chris Archer. Oh, okay. Yeah, each with 48 hits off of sliders. Honestly, um, if I really wanted to dig deep and had to guess, if you didn't say NL West team, I would have guessed Chris Archer just because he throws all sliders and is just generally bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, fourth place is Jacob DeGrom. Fifth place is Jordan Zimmerman. And sixth place is sure. Tanaka. Seventh place is Sale. Just because those are two names in the in the division I, I watch a lot. Sure. Um, all right, so as a percentage of the, all the sliders that they've thrown, so like Clayton Kershaw's uh, lead leading fifty three is only two point three percent of pitches. Um, so in terms of pitches thrown, the leader 
he threw 255 sliders and he uh he they they got hit 5.5% of the time is Edubre Ramos. I don't know who that person is. I have no idea. I have no idea who Edubre Ramos is. I didn't even look it up because I was kind of curious if you knew off off the rip either. Um because I have no idea who Edubre Edubre. I've never I like to think I collect random names in baseball. I have no idea who Edubre Ramos is. He plays I, for the Phillies. Okay, thank you. That's what I was looking up. I butchered his name so bad into Google, it did not know what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, so uh, 5.5% of Edubre Ramos's uh, uh, sliders have been have been hit. Uh, people are slugging two, uh, tw- uh, 2,071 off of his sliders. Um, that's really for- bad. Non-baseball stat fans, that's really, really bad. Like, impossibly bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, second place is Pat Neshek. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, name sounds more familiar. He's Any guesses on the team? On is he really? I think so, yeah. Yeah, he's still on the Phillies. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, then after that, it's uh, Nick Birdie and then RJ Alanis, Alanis, and then Alex Wilson, and the first name I actually know is Jaime Barria, all the way at number seventeen on this list. Uh, like uh, cut out. Do you say Jaime Barria? Yeah, yeah. Three point two percent of his sliders have been taken for hits. Um, he's thrown eleven hundred twenty-four of them. So it just goes to show you how much more relievers, random or non. Relievers just uh, aren't the same, man. Yeah. Baseball sucks. I'm not, just saying, I'm not just saying that as a Pirates fan who has to watch an awful team every week. Just not out of curiosity, all. what do you think um, Dubre Ramos's uh, ERA is right now? Um, 5.14. You looked it up because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I was trying to remember what it was because I just was about to say it if you didn't. So it is 5.14. Uh, the pitcher with the, the, the lowest percent with at least 100 pitches is Chris Bassett. Oh, it's, it's familiar. Um, yeah, there's actually a whole bunch down here. Plays. Yeah, Zach Davies, Steven I know. Strasburg, yeah. Wade Miley, Zach Britton, they're all at 0 or 0.1%. It's a huge big list. All right, what player do you think has the most hits off of sliders this year? Um, fucking AL West. Mike Trout. Nope. Mike Trout not in the top 10 of this list. Okay. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. What? That's... 38 hits off of sliders this year. If you asked me this in like May, I'd have been like, yeah, sure, Tim Anderson, why not? But like now. <laughs> yeah, why I'm not? Fucking... Tim A. Uh, yeah, right. second is DJ LeMayhew, uh, yeah. tied with Hunter Dozier. Uh, fourth is Ronald Acuna, tied with Alvis Andrus. Um, then you got sure, Javi Baez, Yuli Gurriel, Trey Mancini, Mookie Betts, Nolan Arenado, Kevin Pillar, Nick Castellanos, Clip Torres. Yeah. Uh, um, now now um, you got me genuinely curious. I want to see where Mike Trout is 34th on this list with 25 hits this year off of sliders. 
It's not a lot. No, that's um, apparently Mike Trout isn't the best player in baseball anymore. It's Jaime Berea. Yeah. Uh, Luke Voigt has more hits off of sliders this year than Mike Trout. And Luke Voigt has like two different IL stints this year, I think, um, each of some length. Then we talked about this the other day. So maybe the maybe the the thing people need to start doing to Mike is just uh, throwing less fucking sl- throw more fucking sliders, or just walk him every time because he's Mike Trout. Give him the Barry Bonds treatment. Ah uh, no, I think I think I think there's a there, there's got to be a way. I I there has to be a way. Are you to, sure about to that? Strike though? out Mike Trout more. Like, can you honestly say that you? know that there's a way not that you know the specific way but that there is in fact a way to handle that to handle mike trout any better i think there has to be i don't know there mike trout is in fact the fish man like i i get you know we there you know barry bonds like you said was kind of the same way but there has to be like I refuse to believe that any player, this goes for any player ever in the history of baseball, it could like there wasn't some secret unlocked way to get him consistently out. You know, there there is one, but like we just never quite like maybe there's just that right sequence of pitches that's just gonna fuck him up, you know? And no one knows what that sequence is. Yeah, and no one enough. has the arsenal to do it. You know, maybe it's like a you gotta start him off with the two seamer inside. <laughs> And then you gotta, then you gotta go to the, the the four seamer high, and then you gotta go to the slider away, and that's 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 the secret to the three pitch strikeout of Mike Trout. It has to exist. It has to exist. I, it needs I refuse to, exist. to acknowledge that. No, Mike Trout is perfect. I would trade the entire Pittsburgh Pirates roster for Mike Trout and just say, let's start over. No, no, I, I don't think that's the right way of doing it because we've seen from the Angels that one player <laughs> does not make your team any better. Yes, but Mike Trout will make the Pirates better, even if it's only Mike Trout. All right, if you take Mike Trout off the Angels, yeah, what team do you think is better, the Pirates or the Angels? Uh, the Pirates. I I don't know any other redeeming qualities of the Angels other than Shohei Otani. I think it would be a lot closer, but I'd probably give it to the Angels. Fair enough. But we're, I'll say it's I mean, by I a won't, pretty I won't negligible argue it with margin. You. Yeah. So I have to I have to say that adding Mike Trout to the Pirates, especially in the division y'all motherfuckers is in, <laughs> is not going to help much. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Again, I cannot argue these facts with you. <laughs> and you will not. Uh, I'm I'm curious now. I'm gonna look up how many how many um times Mike Trout struck out on three pitches. <laughs> how many do you think it's gonna be? Can you look that up? I, I just tried to. Fair enough. Um six. I have it, I think. Uh double that. Twelve? Yeah. 12 times in his career or this year? No, this year. year. This okay, year. I was going to say. Yeah. That's, actually, um, that's not bad at all. <laughs> Is there a way to rank them? I don't know what that means. Rank them by what? Like, like who has the fewest strikeouts on three pitches? 
Oh, that I don't think I could do, at least right now. Uh, just for reference, nine of the these strikeouts were swinging, and three of them were looking. The three looking are a fascinating three. It's Clay Buckholtz, CeCe Sabathia, and Yusei Kikuchi. Sure. Um, in fact, no, no pitcher, it looks like, has struck out um, Mike Trout on three pitches uh, uh, twice. Everyone on this list, I think, only appears on this list one time. One of them is Chris Archer. Uh, on a slider. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, he, we got a two, uh, three, four, four seam fastballs, one, two, three, four sliders, uh, two change ups, a two seamer, and a cutter from CC. Okay, fair enough. This is actually um, some interesting stuff. Yeah, I want to see. Uh, I want to find out what Chris Archer's p val is. Is what? Uh, pitch value. I didn't even know this was real. Explain. Yeah, the pitch it's value. it's basically just. Um, oh God, I need to look up a definition so I don't sound retarded. Um, of what pitch value is. So let me get one. Pval. Oh God. Oh, I'm panicking. Basically, it's just the value of a specific pitch compared to the rest of major league. So, like, a pval of like six point five is going to be one of the best pitches in major leagues. Um, you know, usually guys will have a pval, have one or two pitches with a positive pval, and then one or two with a negative one, just it's not effective and they just need a, a third or fourth offering uh, just because. So I guess we could do an entire episode on PVAL when we can get some more information on it and actually get some lists up. Um, Pitcher good. list has his slider at a PVAL of 6.1. Is that um, high? Is that low? I don't know because I don't have anything else in front of me. Uh, in 2017, it was a 19.5 over the course of the full season. Um, 20% swing strike rate. I don't know. I can't give you too much here. Oh, my God. His four-seam fastball P-Val is negative 9.4. Ooh, that definitely is bad. Negative numbers usually not good. These are 2018 numbers. I don't have 2019 in front of me. Um, this stuff is all just all over the place. Um, so I guess we'll do an episode on this, uh, towards the end of the season. Once things wrap up, we can do one on P valves of pitchers. Sure thing, buddy. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to go through for, uh, for today? No, not off the top of my head. All right. Then, uh, we'll call this one. We'll call this one, uh, done. We'll call this one a little short one. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you want to hit us up via Gmail, you can do so at Juicing the Numbers at gmail.com. And if you want to find show notes for this episode and previous episodes, you can do so at uh, juicingthenumbers.com. Or to find the historical ones, you can do so at juicingthenumbers.wixsite.com slash website. And until uh, Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.